Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello and welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and I'm joined today by my handsome husband, Dewey. Hello, my beautiful love, and hello to all the cat fans out there in this big cat world. Just wanted to say hello to all those who have um, reached out to us, and uh, we did get a nice Merry Christmas, I believe, from someone that was listening to us, so I want to make sure I say hello to them. Um, And today, we're here to talk about and share resources to care for your cat in ways that are more natural to their species which makes life with you and your cat more rewarding and behavior-free. What do you think, Molly? I think today's going to be an important one and definitely will make your life more rewarding if you're having this problem. Because today, I want to talk about cat pee again. You know, the inappropriate urination that happens outside the box. We've done some litter box episodes and how to create the perfect bathroom for your cat and very early on when we started this podcast we did a one that was dedicated to cat pee but it's been a long time since we discussed it i was hoping we wouldn't have to talk about cat pee again (laughs) (laughs) i know i know but it's one of the most frustrating things that a cat owner can live with um, you know, that, that stuff stinks. I mean, it's nasty. There's nothing nastier than cat pee outside the litter box. And, you know, it is one of the top reasons that cats are surrendered to shelters. Okay, so why do cats really pee outside the box? Well, there are four main reasons. Medical territorial marking, dislike for the litter box, and perhaps a traumatic stress event. And, you know, there's a lot of confusion between urine and spraying. Um, I get I get a lot of behavior calls where they go, my cat was marking, but in fact the cat was just peeing somewhere. Marking is, is spraying, and that's definitely different. There's definitely a difference between the two. Usually if a cat is marking, it's going to be on a horizontal area. And not just boys, by the way. There are girl cats that, that mark as well. Um, I had a case where a girl cat would get up on the counter and mark along the side of the refrigerator that was next to the counter. Nasty and really hard to clean off, by the way. But if you're getting urine on a on a, I'm sorry, I should have said vertical surface. I'm I'm thinking, my mind is thinking backwards today. I'm having dyslexic angles this morning. <laughs> if your cat is being on a I vertical surface, <laughs> meaning you know, like a foot up from the wall or four inches up from the wall, rather than flat on the carpet or flat in the sink or something like that. That's liable to be marking where if they're peeing on flat surfaces, that's more likely to be urinating outside the litter box. And I guess I guess there could be a fifth. I could add a fifth thing to that, which which would be being unaltered because definitely unaltered cats um, mark, which people call urinating outside the litter box. They tend to mark a lot more than cats that aren't altered so okay let's uh take this one at a time let's start with the first one you mentioned medical what are some of the things looking into the uh medical issues are happening what what's happening do you think in that situation well some of the things that you can look for that might indicate a medical issue i'm not a vet and and i certainly can't diagnose it i can't diagnose it in person i definitely can't diagnose it over a podcast so but some of the things you want to watch for that will that will help you to know if your cat's having a medical issue associated with its urinating outside the litter box is the amount of urine 
So, you know, a cat should have a pretty healthy amount of urine, not just a tiny quarter size. If it's a small amount, that could indicate that there's a urinate problem. Just like when we get urinary tract infections and we feel like we have to go all the time and we go really frequently. And when we go, it's just little tiny amounts. Same thing. Think, think about that for the cat. If they are urinating near the litter box rather than, you know, in another room. So if they're going right outside the litter box, sometimes that can indicate also that, that there's a medical problem. If they jump in the litter box and then they jump out and they run away without peeing, that also can indicate that. If they walk up to the box and they stick their head in and they smell, smell, smell the litter and then they look around and walk off and choose another spot to go, that's another thing to watch for. Certainly if there's blood in the urine, um, if they squat to go and they're howling, all of that can indicate that there's pain happening. Um, there was a cat in the shelter just this last weekend, and, and our wonderful friends at All Adoptable here in Dallas rescued this cat. His name was Tony, beautiful, fluffy boy. And he was surrendered because he was peeing outside the litter box. And our vets did blood work on Tony and discovered that he had diabetes. Well, when he was in the adoption room, I saw him squatting, and he would be meow, meow, and then nothing came out. As soon as he was through squatting, I stuck my hand in there. It was dry. It's like, oh, no, he's got a blockage. So sure enough, had the vets come back down and look at him, and he was totally blocked. So they were able to put a catheter in and, uh, and get some urine out, which was very impressive, as the vets like to say. <laughs> it was dark, dark yellow and had lots of sludge in the bottom, which meant that he had crystals in his urine. And uh, so the, the double whammy of him having diabetes and a blockage, you know, was a, was a big call. So thankfully, one of our rescue partners was able to, to come out and, and rescue him and get him to a, a vet where he's being treated now. But you've got to rule out medical before I can start treating a behavior because a medical issue is not a behavior issue. I tell everyone to go to the vet first if it's a urine issue. I, you know, I, I, I went against my, my best thoughts there on a case, and this couple called and said their cat's peeing outside the litter box. I said, when was the last time you took her to the vet? And they said, oh, uh, a month ago. And... Um, and, and I said, well, okay, and well, did she get a clean bill of health? And they said, oh, yeah, everything's great. Well, if you don't tell your vet that you're having urine outside the litter box and you specifically want them to test for urinary tract infections or kidney issues, they're not going to just do it routinely. Then I treated this case and treated this case and could not get this cat retrained to the litter box. Finally, we installed a camera. And she was exhibiting some of these signs. She'd run in, sniff the box, turn around and go somewhere else. She'd go in the box and squat and then run out. And I could tell in the first video, I'm like, I'm telling you, this is a medical issue. Back to the vet and sure enough. So another thing is that diet can kind of mimic medical issues because if you're feeding your cat dry food only, their urine is going to be very concentrated because they're not able to get enough water. You're probably thinking, well, but my cat drinks water all the time. Well, of course, because you're keeping them mildly dehydrated because you're feeding them a dry food. So that urine gets really concentrated. And I don't know if you dehydrate yourself occasionally. I know I do. And it kind of burns a little when you go and you realize, gosh, I need to drink some more water. Well, that's what happens with a cat. And they associate that pain with the litter box. And once pain is associated with the litter box, they're not going to want to go to the box. They're going to choose another place to go that, that in their mind is less painful. They have really long memories. So just like if they have a bad incident with another cat, every time they see that other cat, those intense feelings come back up. Well, same thing with pain. Pain is an intense feeling for an animal. So if they do something and they experience intense pain, they're not going to want to repeat 
what it is that they're doing. And in this case, that's using the box. The other thing you should watch for is how many times it's normal for your cat to urinate. So, you know, if your cat goes four times a day, and you should know because you should be scooping that litter box at least daily, how many clumps did you get out of urine? You know what's normal, what's baseline for your cat. And if you see that change at all, then that's a, a yellow flag that there could be some issues. You know, either it's, it's, it's decreased and, and they may have blockages or problem getting the litter, the urine out, or it's increased and, you know, they're, they're maybe having some, some kidney issues too. So if it's too much or too little, pay attention there. So uh, territorial marking, I know that your mother likes to call that P-mail. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> yeah. My mom had a dog and she would walk her little dog, Pearl, and she'd always say, Pearl has to stop and check the P-mail, <laughs> which, you know, indicating that their little urine messages to one another, which everybody accepts as common with dogs and with cats, it's not so much leaving a message for their buddies, but it's more of using urine as a natural cat behavior to mark their territory. Because cats evolved as a solitary species, living alone in a large area. And they mark that area with their urine and feces so that when other cats come in, then they know that, hey, that's Bob's territory over there. If I go into Bob's zone, I'm going to get my butt kicked. So I know not to go into Bob's zone. So they use it. Um if a cat is feeling insecure, they'll often do this in your home. Um, you know, if they're if someone else is exhibiting dominance and a cat is trying, you know, that that may be its only way to respond to that is is to then mark the territory and go, no, 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 this is my house. So that's that's definitely one of the reasons that happens in your home. Um, Outside cats, that's another one. That's a big one. You know, if they see cats outside, they don't know that they can't get inside. If they're in visual distance from your house, your cat thinks of that as a potential territory invader, and they'll pee to Mark because of that. So what can you do about that? Well, some of the things to 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 help... Um, decipher whether that's what's going on is your cat covering its excrement uh, urine and feces they tend to uh, cover their excrement in order to hide the smells from potential predators and then they tend to leave it exposed if they're making a territorial marking gesture so if I don't cover my poop, it'll smell stronger and Bob will know not to come into my territory. So are they covering? That's a, that's a good question. Draw a map of your home. I had a, uh, a case just the other day where we're integrating two cats and there's spraying going on all over the house. And so I said, look, and even though we'd had a, a virtual consult and I could kind of see all the rooms um, we hadn't really done this exercise. So I said, draw a map of the perimeter of your home and the rooms and mark where the urine is happening and where the litter boxes are. And it really, it really is enlightening. It, it shows you, you know, is it perimeter peeing? Is it by doors and windows, which was the case in, in this, this particular event? And when it is perimeter peeing by doors, like there were three places by the front and back door that these cats were, were marking. And then all along windows, along the edges of the house, are they seeing cats outside? And in this case, they were. They were seeing each other outside because one of the cats gets to go in the backyard and the other cat knows it's there because we've seen video Remember of that cat doing chin-ups on that back window portal? It was the most hysterical thing. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then somersaults on the windowsill as it was yeah. seeing the other cat yeah, outside. So yeah, yeah. they, you know, in this case, 
they're they're causing a lot of the issue by letting one of the cats outside where the other cat can see it. So one of the things that I prescribe in that case is if you insist on doing this, use window film to block the view of those outside cats. And there's some stuff that's like static cling window film. You put it on, you can pull it off later and it's frosted and it looks, you know, it looks nice. It still lets light in. And if you go to my website, catbehaviorsolutions.org, there's a resources tab and under resources, there's products and then there's five categories and the window film is under deterrence. And um, you'll see what I'm talking about there. It's very inexpensive and a really good way to keep your cat from reacting to those outside cats. And then if you have inside cats, more than one cat, and now you've got pinging going on, if it's a, a recent cat introduction, you need to ask yourself, did you do the introduction correctly? Did you maybe rush it a little too much? Did you want to go at your pace and not the cat's pace? I also have um, directions on how to introduce cats properly on my website. So it's important to refer to that before you bring another pet into the home. Make sure you can be committed to that process. Do your cats have enough resources? That's one of the other things that will cause territorial marking. You know, maybe there's not enough food bowls, water bowls, litter boxes, cat trees, cat toys. So when there's not enough, that cat's going to use its urine to begin to claim things over the other cat. Whereas if they have four cat trees, then everybody's got one to get on and nobody feels like they have to claim things on their own. So the amount of resources is very important. Do they feel safe using a litter box? You know, a, a box sometimes does not present itself in a safe location or a safe setup for the cat to feel safe going in there. You know, cats are both predator and prey. And they're also victims to other cats trying to invade their territory and take over their stuff. So when a cat does urinate outside the litter box in a marking, territorial marking manner, another cat's going to come along and smell it, sometimes before you ever get a chance to, and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, that's Bob's signature. What the hell? He's in my territory. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm going to pee over this to make it my signature so that I claim it over Bob. And then Bob will come back that afternoon and go, what, 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 what is this? Sophie peed in my spot? No, 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 no. This is my thing. And Bob's going to be on top of Sophie. So they create a layering of, of marking, of scenting over one another. The location of the boxes is just key with territory urination. Um, oftentimes, you move a box to the urinary location. So let's say they're peeing you know, they're peeing in front of this window. And we suspect that it's outside cats, but you also have multiple cats at home. And you don't really know. Well, one of the first things we can do is we can move the box there. And we want to see if they use the box. If, it, if they use the box, then it tells us there's something significant about the location that they like. And if they don't use the box, then we're into this is a box issue. Okay, so if I have a cat peeing by my front door, I move the litter box in front of the front door. But, you know, reality says I can't live with a litter box at the front door. So what do I do? <laughs> well, true, true. You can, once we get the cat retrained to the box that's that's the first thing let's get the cat going in the box then we can worry about moving the box and trying to figure out what's important about that area and things like that you know as we're as we're moving through the problem but the first thing is determining whether this is a territorial um territorial marking or is it a you know is it a box issue so you can start moving that box slowly like you know one inch a day slowly 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 moving that box back to where you want it to go you got to figure out the trigger though 
You know, what, again, what is causing this? Is it they don't like that box, which would mean if I put the box right where they're peeing and then they pee next to the box, that's a clear sign. This is about the box more than it is about the location. Sometimes, you know, it's both. But then you can create a deterrent. So deterrence to that area would be, so as you're moving that box slowly, a little bit, a little bit every day, um, carpet runners, plastic carpet runners with the spiky sides up in the areas where they're peeing. Couple that with citrus smells like fresh tangerine peels or orange peels or lemon or, you know, a, a lemon-scented cleaner or air freshener or something like that. Cats are typically repelled by citrus scents. But you have to be careful because, as I've said in many, many things before, you can't just tell a cat no. You have to show it what you want it to do instead. So if you don't put a box there and you don't take the time to figure out what the heck is going on and all you do is put down carpet runners and citrus scents, I guarantee you that that they're going to move the place that they're going and they're just going to go somewhere else because you haven't solved the problem. So if you're, you know, and, and if you've got a litter box by the front door and we're at that stage and you say, I can't, I can't do this because we're having a holiday party next week and I can't have my litter box right by the front door. I understand. So if you're having a party, move both the cat and the box to a confined room temporarily. Well, that is, <laughs> I mean, the visual you just made there was pretty interesting because <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, you you put citrus down and a cat comes and smells and goes pew-wee and goes a little further down. But, you know, having a box, uh, what could a cat not like about a litter box? That's It seems pretty straightforward to me. Simple device to me, right? It, it is. It's a box. It's got litter. What the hell could you not like about it, cat? Right. Right. <laughs> right. You know, trying to figure, I'm, I'm trying to visualize your comments there and i'm thinking okay well if i put the box here i mean it's pretty simple it's a box of sand in it you can find that surely <laughs> but i guess <laughs> what's not to like yeah. well there's lots and lots and lots of things um not to like um first of all the number of boxes is could be something cats don't like are there enough? There needs to be one more box than numbers of cats. Now, if you have one cat and it's using your litter box consistently and you don't have any litter box issues, then stick with what's working. Don't make any changes. But if you have multiple cats and you're having urination issues or you have one cat and you're having urination issues, add some boxes. So that means if you've got three cats, you need to have four litter boxes. And it's real important that you don't have them all lined up together. Can't tell you how many urine calls I get and I go out to find all the litter boxes lined up in the, in the pantry area. And that's a problem. I was on one the other day where, um, where a guy was having peeing problems, cat, new cat into the household, wasn't, introductions weren't done properly, lots of friction going on, five cats straight guys, ladies with five cats, by the way, in the Dallas area <laughs> and new cats on the dining room table peeing. And uh, there what? Are, on the dining room table yeah, peeing? What? On the dining room table. So the new cat wow. had, had staked out the dining room table as her safe zone because it was up high and the cat tree had, there was only one cat tree and the cat tree had already been claimed by the other cats so the dining room table hadn't been claimed by anybody. So she gets up on the dining room table, which is kind of in the middle. She can see threats coming and she's up there and she doesn't feel like she can get down safely and go to the litter box because while there are three litter boxes, <clears throat> they are all, you know, at the end of the kitchen. So you kind of a galley kitchen and at the end, if you can imagine, there's a washer dryer room and in that pantry room, all the litter boxes are lined up there. <clears throat> excuse me, so she can get ambushed coming and going 
from the litter box area by the other cats. There weren't two escape routes. So location is very, very important. I always say they need to be a foot away from the wall. There needs to be two escape routes out of the box and out of the room where you have it located. Um, the box needs to be uncovered because that is not that now closes down any escape route that a cat feels like it has. A cat can be in there peeing and get ambushed, and and that's you know they don't they don't do that in the wild. They don't pee in caves or holes for that reason. They don't want to be ambushed while they're in the middle of doing their business. They go out in the middle of of the area where they can see stuff coming. <clears throat> the other thing is your litter. What kind of litter are you using? So litter texture is very important to cats. Most all of them prefer a sandy texture, you know, a, a real light, sandy, fluffy litter like sand because sand is what they're wired to use normally. Um, and litter depth is very important. Most cats like about two inches of depth. Um, but you know, some of them like it deeper, you know, you can kind of tell cats that like to dig, um, you know, dig, 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 and they don't mind that they're okay with a little deeper litter, but some cats don't like to bury their paws in the litter So learn what your cat likes. But two inches is about the right amount. And I find people put way too much litter in most of the time. The other thing is look at where your cat's going. If they're going in bathtubs and sinks and very smooth surfaces, chances are you need to have less litter in your box because they want to be able to dig down and feel that smooth surface of the box. If they're going on carpet, clothing, and soft things, maybe you need to increase the depth of your litter. But the big thing is, you know, you've got to keep that litter box clean. My gosh, people... You know, I, I show up for consults and I can tell you've just cleaned your litter box. You know, <laughs> I can tell it's kind of like putting your stuff away before the cleaning lady comes. I can tell you've cleaned it, but you really got to scoop it twice a day. Just put it into your routine. You know, right before you do your morning feedings, go clean the litter box. Right before you go to bed, go clean the litter box. Just scoop it. Get a litter genie. Make it easy on yourself. And then real important is you've got to clean the previous areas where they've been going. So if they've been going on the carpet in front of that window, you, you've got to clean that soiled area. You know, cats have 80 million olfactory receptors compared to humans only having 5 million. I mean, it's their, their sense of smell is ridiculous. So I recommend to clean an area. You soak it really good with club soda. You use the Zorbit Up sheets, which just pull lots and lots of liquid out. You keep doing that to try to get the uh, urine lifted up into the carpet. And then soak that area with Live Pee Free. I love the Live Pee Free because it is a ion solution. So urine is negative ion, Live Pee Free is positive ion. And when you apply that, it neutralizes that urine odor completely and really, really eliminates the smell. And I carry that on, on my website in the store in the Behavior Boutique at catbehaviorsolutions.org. And, um, and then apply your deterrence. So be sure to clean that area. And then, you know, you, you've, you've got to get, as I said before, you You've got to get a cat retrained to use the litter box. So if they're showing you that they don't like the litter box, fix the box. The size, too. I don't know if I talked about that, but size is huge. It needs to be one and a half times the length of your cat. Measure your cat from the tip of its nose to the base of its tail, the back end of its butt, and one and a half times. Litter boxes typically aren't made big enough for cats. So there's a couple things I recommend. You can just go to the dollar store and get a storage box. And if you tell me that your cat pees up high, we'll then get a high-sided storage box, clear, cut a hole in the front, cut a hole in the side so there's two escape routes without having to jump high to get out. That'll still catch the urine, and they can still, you know, don't cover it, don't use the cover. The other thing you can do is they're now making these doggy piddle pans 
that are, you know, 24 by 22. They're good size and they're, they're shallow, nice and shallow like a cat likes it. Those work excellent for cats, really excellent. So, you, you know, we got to figure out if you can figure it out on your own, great. If not, you know, check the site. Hopefully you're listening to this podcast. Give me a call if you've tried all this and nothing is absolutely working after you've called your vet, of course. But, you know, you need to figure out where they're going and how frequent and often that will give us clues to what they don't like. So what do you do about this in, in a situation like we're talking about? Well, if you, if you have discovered, okay, my cat doesn't like the litter box, and, you know, you, you think that you've done all these things that I've just talked about, one of the things that we do, for instance, um, to determine is this a, a litter box configuration thing, is I'll recommend that they get a kiddie pool and they fill it with play sand and put it there and see if the cats use it. Now, obviously, you don't want to have a kiddie pool in your house, probably anywhere. <laughs> so <laughs> Not again, in the house. <laughs> this, is, this is temporary. It takes and, up a big uh, space. It does, and it's temporary, and, you know, we'll move beyond it, but it helps to tell us, is the size of the box an issue? Is the texture of the litter an issue? So you definitely, you know, play sand. Boy, that will attract a cat all day, and that's great, but it tracks all over the house. You know, litter is made to not stick to their paws as much, even though, of course, you get tracking with that, but play sand is just horrible. Play sand, potting soil, all those things that we sometimes use temporarily as a substrate in the, in the litter box, and they track everywhere. So you can get a big kiddie pool type thing. You can try that approach. You can do what I call the litter box lineup. So you confine your cat to a room with four litter boxes, and in one of them you just put piddle pads, in another you put play sand, in another you put a different kind of litter, and in another a different kind of litter. Depending on what you're using, I would I would prescribe different uh, brands, you know, depending on what you're using currently. And then you keep a journal, how often the cat is using which box. And typically they will make a clear preference. Sometimes they'll use two boxes equally but they will let you know what they like in terms of litter substrate if you do a litter box lineup. And, you know, if your cat is going in sinks and tubs and things like that, you can just put a box out next to your litter box or in the area. Sometimes I say put a box in the, in the tub, in the bathtub, and just line it with um, a piddle pad and, and let that be in there and then slowly add litter on top of the piddle pad. So what about the stuff that's uh, already on the market that's attractant, the attractant litters? I mean, I think a lot of people probably go to the store and go, oh, this will solve my problem. It's an attractant litter. What's your thought on that? Yeah, there's there's all kinds of contraptions out there for, for litters and litter box. I find sticking with what the cats prefer is usually best, and that is soft and sandy. So I, I have not seen any increased usage with the attractant litters. It's usually because they are, they do tend to be much finer than the others. A lot of times they'll put chemical additives in there, which I don't recommend at all. I recommend you go with a completely clean, unscented litter, you know, as, as natural of a product as possible. And no trick boxes, no, no tricky boxes. In addition to being covered and then there's the moxie box which is looks really cool looks like an ikea made cat box that's top entry and all of that no 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 i went the other day and this lady had this big it looked like a spaceship pod and um, i wasn't there for litter box issues i was there for aggressing issues and i looked at that thing and i said the cats use that and she said yeah they use it and I was like okay well we're gonna we're gonna just you know if they don't they stop using it you let me know (laughs) but you know robotic litter boxes those are for people those aren't for cats they like their things super super simple so none of no robotics and such wow (laughs) I think about that just for a minute and someday 
I was, you know, looking recently at little robots that they're building now that eventually will come into your home, and they already have the little automatic vacuums and stuff like that. I could imagine some little, you know, cat cleaning robot. So that might scare them a little bit, I'm sure. <laughs> well, it but, does, and I think, and they know that you clean it, and they appreciate it. So you got to remember, cats are very, very fastidious, and they like having a clean litter box. So when you are associated with making that litter box clean, it's another way to bond with your cat and to show your cat you love him and that you're, you know, you're doing things for him that make him feel good. So think about it that way. It might make it a little easier to clean it more often and not hire a robot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. How does a stress event cause inappropriate urination? Well, this happens when your cat experiences something traumatic, like maybe there's a cat fight right outside your door. You know, that that can be a traumatic enough event to shake them up and get them riled up. And, oh, my gosh, I got to pee here. They're going to come in here next. So it's a, you know, one-time event that happens that then start causes, starts to cause a inappropriate behavior. Um, moving. A lot of times if you move to a new house, there might be previous cat smells in the house. There might be cat smells coming in through the windows and doors. Um, A move is a very, very traumatic experience for a cat because they like things very predictable and they do not like change. And so moving is a huge change. I mean, gosh, it's, it's stressful enough on us humans. It's ridiculously stressful on cats. So that can, that can trigger urination events. Um, loss of a loved one. Sometimes, mostly that's people, but sometimes it's another cat companion or dog companion. They get, you know, very sad and grieve, and sometimes that will trigger inappropriate urination. Um, if you have a big argument with your spouse, you know, there's a huge fight in the family that causes lots of stress on your animals. You know, people think, oh, I don't, I'm not going to argue in front of the kids because it'll stress the kids out. Well, it stresses your furry kids out too. So arguing is a, is a big traumatic stressor, you know, and any kind of changes that happens in a cat's environment, the more sensitive the cat, the more tiny the change that can set it off. Um, you know, and anytime there's big changes like that and they start getting insecure or you have a, a big argument with your spouse, sometimes that'll trigger a urine event where they'll pee on your personal items to try to rebond with you. <laughs> I would, I would not feel bonded if tobacco, Tabasco, our cat, peed on my pants. <laughs> I would not <laughs> be feeling any bond relationship at all. <laughs> I understand and I hear that a lot. They go, bond with me. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to kill him if he keeps being on my clothes. Uh-huh. Boy, um, yeah. <laughs> I, had a, I had an interesting case where it was inappropriate urination case where the cat, it, it was started out as territorial uh, urination. One cat was resource guarding. So, you know, even though the cat's not sitting there growling and hissing at the other cat in front of the litter boxes, this stuff happens really subtly. So this cat was just laying on the floor, stretched out, where the other cat had to walk around him to get to the litter box. And I watched these cats' interaction, and and this cat, you know, cut a big four-foot berth around this other cat. And I could tell that it felt a little intimidated by him. So this cat was intimidating that cat from the litter box area. So the cat chose to go in a different area. So it goes into the closet where it feels like it's got some peace and quiet and it starts peeing on the man's side of the closet. Well, the man got really mad at the cat and was like, what the hell are you peeing on my side of the closet? And he told me, you know, he had been yelling at the cat and he'd been, you know, chasing her out and and that kind of thing. Well. This man spent a couple hours a day in his man cave upstairs, his, his room, praying. And he said, the cat has started to come upstairs and stare at me while I'm praying. And he said, what is going on? And he, he was feeling really kind of freaked out. First, she starts peeing on my side of the closet. 
and now she's just staring at me. You know, what, what have I done? Well, she was peeing in the closet, probably maybe or maybe not discriminately on his things. And then he started yelling at her and punishing her. Well, that urinary thing on his items in particular increased as well as her seeking him out. She would stand a safe different distance away and stare at him, wanting him to bond with her. So part of their homework, of course, was to add more litter boxes so the big bully couldn't guard them. We got that situation figured out. But then part of the homework, too, was for this man to make amends with his cat and build his relationship back up with the cat because that was really important. She felt like their relationship had had eroded because he was mad at her and she was scared of him. And so because he was punishing her, she started to pee on his things. Wow. <laughs> Boy, it, it's hard to think about that. I mean, really, because everybody gets personal. I mean, what the hell? You're peeing on my stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I think what the bottom line is, uh, and you're saying, is so there's multiple reasons they pee outside of the box. Yeah, there, there could be. Like in this case, there were multiple reasons. So we had resource guarding, and we had a, a bonding issue going on all at the same time. Inappropriate urination can be can be really simple, can just be, oh, it's clear that cat doesn't like that box or you need to move them around or that kind of thing, or it can be very complex. There's a lot of moving parts in there. You know, how, how much, you gotta, you gotta look at your space. You know, what are we dealing with there? The number of cats, the relationships between the cats and the people and the cats and the cats. And then the environment, what's the environment like from the cat's perspective? We want to make the cat feel comfortable. So routine is extremely important. Predictability is extremely important. Having, you know, a lot of resources like cat trees and such helps them to feel like they can successfully share spaces. Okay, so where do you recommend somebody start deciphering if they really have a litter box issue? Well, okay, so the first thing you want to do, say you're having a cat peeing outside the litter box, here's your things you do. Take it to the vet, always, and specifically request they test for a urinary tract infection. And if it's a, you know, if it's an older cat, if it's a male cat, you know, and, and you suspect it's blocked, um, tell them that. But think about having a blood panel done if that cat is, you know, six, seven years or older. Have a blood panel done to rule out kidney issues. That'll show elevations. It could show, you know, diabetes. It could show other types of diseases which typically lead to incontinence. Um, so you got to take your cat to the vet specifically for that issue. Don't tell me, oh, yeah, I took my cat to the vet just three weeks ago and everything was fine because a routine examination does not look specifically for urinary issues. And then think about when it started. Was there a change in that cat's environment that coincides with the urinating outside the litter box? Did you get a new cat? Did you bring in a new foster? Did you move? Did your boyfriend move out? Did a new boyfriend move in? Did you have a baby? What, what happened? Was there anything at all in that environment that happened in the big think about timing? And then think about, did you change anything about the litter box? You know, was litter on sale and you decided to get a new litter and, you know, you've been using that for a month and, you know, now your cat's decided, oh, I put up with that as long as I did. I really do not like this new smelly glade scented litter. I like, like that unscented cheap stuff better, you know. Um, and then if you have multiple cats, think about what is going on there. Do you see dominance being exhibited in one of your cats? Now, I'm not, I hear all the time, oh, this is Charlie. He's my alpha cat. There's no such thing as an alpha cat because they don't have a social hierarchy like pack animals do. There is no alpha position and lower rankings. For cats, they do exhibit dominance, but a dominance is an interaction where one cat has control and the other doesn't. But the thing about cat dominance is it's fluid and it changes over time. 
You know, one cat can be dominant in the morning and one in the afternoon. And sometimes, <clears throat> I've got frogs today, sorry. Sometimes it's over oh, Wait a minute, this is a cat show. I know. <clears throat> I'm trying to get it out. <laughs> this is a cat Notice, show. No frogs. Right? It's a little, i got a kitty in my throat. <laughs> Notice your cat's body language. You know, like I said before, when one cat walks around the other one, does it avoid it? Does it, you know, does it just walk straight up and right by that cat with no problem? Or does it cut a three or four foot circle around that cat? That'll help you to know which cat is, you know, is being more dominant, exhibiting dominant behavior. Um, you know, can your cat not comfortably get into the box? Is your cat 10 years or older and you still have a real deep-sided box? Think about getting a shallow pan. Maybe your cat's developing some arthritis and it's just uncomfortable to get in there. If you're making your cat hop up and down through some hole in the roof, that's not comfortable for cats to get in and out of boxes. You know, more boxes, uncovered boxes. Make it safe for your cat to go pee, you know. And again, if your cat's urinating in the same place consistently, move a box there. And if your cat's urinating all over the home, evaluate the significance of those areas. And if you can't, if you can't figure all that out, then call you. Yes, absolutely. Oftentimes, <laughs> just a, a new set of eyes is, is better. And I can help, you know, whether we do a consult, whether you're in the Dallas area or Santa Fe area. And, and if you're not, then I can do a consult virtually. You know, if you're in my service area, I can come out and we can lay eyes on this together and talk about what's been going on. And I can help you decipher it and, and map out a plan of what to change and where to go to next. Because it is difficult. You know, change change often precipitates these issues. So if you're not sure about what's going on and you're guessing and you create more change, sometimes you actually make that problem worse. So be sure you know what you're doing before you go change a bunch of stuff or you could be surprised and not in a happy way. Okay, so hopefully we won't have to talk about cat pee again anytime soon because it seems like you've covered everything here. I and hope for those so. and for those that would like to to uh, have more information, go to the podcast and and find your situation and listen to the podcast. And at the same time, if you learn something from Cat Talk Radio, consider sending us a tip or gratuity donation. It helps cover the expenses of production of this podcast and Molly's work. So Molly also provides other resources, great resources. Uh, She has a cat behavior products section of her website, and it's called the Behavior Boutique at catbehaviorsolutions.org. You'll also find on there an informational rich blog that she does keep up with and puts information out there constantly. This is what she does. She works this all the time and she puts that information out there. Please go to Facebook, find us and like us. We would like to see that getting bigger and bigger. So if you, if you're listening to this, please go do that first. Molly also does, as she mentioned just a minute ago, she does virtual and in-home behavior consultations and a lot of people take advantage of those virtually she's she's done uh, virtual consultations all across the country so don't think for a minute if you're listening to this that you she can't help you or reach your situation and where you are she does educational seminars and speaking engagements so if you have a time or uh, where you might like to have Molly come in and talk to a group of people please let her know. She would be happy to come out and and try to help and educate people where she can. You can also help us with all this information flowing to you. It does cost. So we want to be able to try to keep that moving forward. So if you feel uh, the the opportunity, please give us a tax deduction donation to Cat Behavior Solutions through the donate button on the website. This will continue to help keep things moving forward. 
And we would appreciate that. And it is tax deduction. So it's about to turn another year and tax deductions are uh, pretty prominent about this time of year. So think about us. And we want to thank you again, Molly, for another great episode. Why don't you tell everybody why you do this? Well, I am moved through my nonprofit, Cat Behavior Solutions, to reach as many people as I can to help solve some of these issues like inappropriate urination that land these cats in the shelter. You know, my birthday was yesterday and I said, for my birthday, I want a magic cat wand that will just keep all cats out of shelters because shelter (laughs) euthanasia is the number one cause of death in cats. And as long as that's the case, I'm going to be working hard, 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 fingers to the bone. As long as I can walk and move and do I will be working hard to uh, to keep cats out of shelters by helping you people fix some of these behavior issues before you ever get there. So, until next time, happy keep birthday! Calm. <laughs> yeah, thank you. We'll oh no, it was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> my honey made me a catty cat litter cake too. Oh my gosh, it's so cute! And it was fun to seen- make. You don't know what a cat litter cake is, Google it and look at the pictures. It is awesome. It was on my bucket list. So thank you, baby. I love my cake. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you for tuning in today. We sure hope that we'll see you tune in again soon. Until then, keep calm and purr on. Bye-bye. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat, toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.